0: Welcome to Fandom Power.
1: Why, hello everybody. Welcome back to the what is quickly becoming the regular a Sunday night live show Sunday night live stream. It's uh, these last few weeks have been less themed and more, more free form More freeform. And that's been good. I think it's been a nice a refreshing uh, um, breather as it were. Before and I do the, say, <laughs> <at her laughs> I, was, I right. do say breather because we are now on the precipice yeah. of, uh, and or, yeah, calm fandor, before the revolution exactly uh we landed on fandor because you know what these uh star wars titles apparently write themselves do they ever um keeping keeping in spirit with our other review series so this one yeah fandor it's coming up um this week and man <laughs> got our first, comment, first comment here comes uh glenn says 432 new star wars shows
2: let's do it not enough <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. Uh, Bring it on. We are going to talk a little bit more about that uh, as we go through uh, tonight's show. However, keeping in the, the tradition of the last couple of weeks, we're going to open the show with um, light uh, unpacking of the latest episode of She-Hulk. And then uh, I'm going to run us through a few uh, Star Wars news items because I thought what a way to get prepared and get primed up for Andor's uh, premiere this week than to take a look at some uh, a lot of stuff, relatively too. new... Uh, star wars news uh to help generate some excitement and yeah. uh some of it's there's some, some fun stuff in there so what's going on uh without any further ado man unless you guys got anything else you want to throw out there we can get right into it
3: no i think we should be good excellent uh this week's title card has changed up just a little bit it's uh she-hulk by titania
1: I will say that these uh, title cards, they've they have been slightly different uh, a few times. A couple of times when it's relevant. And to, I've enjoyed that. I, yeah. I've enjoyed that aspect of it. So this one,
3: yep, um, it was very tongue in cheek and it made me smile. Yeah. So uh, we kick off the episode and Jen is getting bombarded by uh, Titania's She-Hulk by Titania ad campaign. It's on billboards. It's on TV. It is everywhere she looks.
1: Can I just throw out one thing before we uh, get too far into the plot? Yeah. How
3: many episodes are we in right now? Five. Five.
1: Okay. So of the five episodes, this one more than any other feels like filler.
3: You think so? For me. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: feels this, this, if I had, and I don't necessarily like using that term because I'm, you know, it all serves the story to some
2: degree. Yeah. But if I uh-huh. had
1: to put that label on one of them, it's this one.
2: I, yeah i don't know i've kind of lost the the, the plot <laughs> if this was the first episode i probably wouldn't watch the second one really hmm. i i i'm just wondering anyways dude let's do it because
4: <laughs> let's
2: do it
1: we don't want to talk you out of it before it's no over. no you know, might it's, it's still you might
3: on the fact that they call it a lawyer show right you might That's oh no 100 percent. It. it's not it's not uh it's a it isn't courtroom anything comedy
2: it's, yeah slash it's not action it's totally what it's advertised to be. I, yeah, totally. hundred percent.
3: Yeah. Courtroom procedural. Yeah. Courtroom superhero. Sure. sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah.
3: Oh, so, uh, we switch over after she's been to uh, work and seen the billboards on the highway and Judge he just barges right in the door with two crates of merchandise and he's like, sign these, these are going like crazy. And she's got to slow him down. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Those aren't me. And then he tends or he tries to mansplain, well, Jen, copyright works like this. I, f- I think it's funny mm-hmm. that
1: her brother is trying to talk to her, a lawyer about, yeah, you know, intellectual
3: property law. Yeah. It just comes back to Bruce saying, you know, the third genius in the family. <laughs>
2: right, right.
3: And she's screaming into pillows and not enjoying it at all.
1: Her position on it, though, is I'm not going to sign it because <laughs> of not the, the legal yeah. situation. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: So we catch up with Nikki and Jen and they're going to this pop-up location where Titania will be signing because apparently Nikki follows her on the socials and Jen goes to line up. Nikki's like, no, no, we're just walking in. Pretend like you're yeah, like you uh,
1: are supposed to be here or
3: something. Yeah, so they do. They march right in and then Nikki starts getting free samples and uh, she walks up to the table with Titania and I don't think she recognized her because she's like, hello, little girl, you have to wait at the back of the line.
1: There was a certain amount of um what's the term I'm looking for? Friction or sarcasm in there that really suggested to me that oh, she knew exactly who she was talking I think so. To <clears throat> I do. It was more of a, of a bit, yeah. yeah, I think it was a haha, I'm you know, I'm suing you and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it kind of
4: thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then from behind Jen and Nikki, uh, this fan just burst through and says, can you take my picture? And Nikki's like, don't do it. And Jen's like, oh, fine. I'll take one. But that's it.
2: <laughs> she's just a good person. I was going to yeah. say that really speaks to
1: Jen's character.
3: Yeah. But at the same time, Titania, like the way she's posing is basically cutting this poor fan right out of the photo. Oh, yeah. So speaks to her character as well. <laughs> uh, that it does. Yeah. I
2: really like Titania in this because like, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good actress, et cetera. But um, the proximity to Molecule Man, like that that that, you know, like the as her love interest that that tickles me because i'm like are we gonna you know now that we have the character in universe are we going to get that
1: being Uh, that one step removed you know you're right there could they should they they, would they they, might they? yeah that's
2: yeah that's well i mean probably not in this vehicle but uh sure certainly in the mcu it's just i love that periphery stuff it gets me closer to all that deep the deep cuts
3: yeah right so we catch up later and uh, she's back at work and she's trying to convince herself that she's over it, but she's basically crushing her own stapler. That her
1: red swing line stapler. My
3: stapler. My stapler. Poor stapler. <laughs> and then uh, we follow Nikki out and she's looking and she's like, why is it all so expensive? But then uh, Pug, he comes in and he's like, I need a favor. And she's like, you know the price, favor plus interest. And uh, he's like, all right, well, I need you to come stand in line with me to get the new Iron Man 3s. And she's like, why do you need two pair? He's like, one to stock, one to rock. What's the, what What do they call the, the shoe guys? The coll- shoe collectors?
1: I don't know. There's like a, there's like a shoe collector... Oh yeah. Oh, like there's a terminology that that's used f- to define a person who collects shoes. I can't re- anybody out there who knows the word for <laughs> shoe collector. Let us know in the comments because I, I am a,
2: blanking on it. I, I have a joke. I collector. can't say on the air <laughs> it involves the word peditate. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we cut back to she Hulk and she's still staring at it. Still trying to convince herself that she's over it, but she's not, but we follow, uh, Pug and Nikki because she calls in the favor immediately because she needs clothes for She-Hulk. So they go into this weird like tea place and there's a QR code on the wall. And this week, this week, we'll take you to She-Hulk volume one, number 10, which is a retelling of the origin of Titania. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Nice, nice, nice.
3: So good little read for people
2: there. Good eye.
3: And then he's like, my boy Alonzo sent me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, this is there's tea here and he's like not no. no word of a lie i hired a kid this week named alonzo nice not a word of a lie <laughs> could you say it's, his name without chuckling every time you it's said true story. something cool. i'm just gonna call you junior <laughs> uh glenn
3: howey has an answer for our shoe collector oh well. <laughs> nice <says>
2: wife <laughs> <laughs> listen oh. I might get a shoe thrown at me.
1: I know that my wife is is, uh, watching right now, and she's probably screaming at her phone, going, have you seen my husband's shoes in the closet? (laughs) There may or may not be a few uh, extra uh, pairs that are too big for her, and that I (laughs) don't wear very often,
3: but I digress. Yeah, but anyway, he comes back again. He's like, my boy Alonzo sent me the drip broker, and he's like, you know, we're here for the superhero stuff. He's oh like, my oh, God! Okay, so I actually like him, how this played out. Yeah, he takes him back, and the little Avengers theme cues up. But he opens his cabinet, and it's all bootleg stuff.
4: <laughs> so this the is Avengers. in the
3: cartoons, yeah, where it pops up the Avengers. The Avengers. <laughs> Nick calls him on it, and she's like, "Oh, you don't like that? I got the Avengers." I just yeah, love so how like
1: and and look at it. I mean, the colors the are coloring, just off. Yeah it's so typical i mean if you've ever been to a flea market anywhere yeah. at any time and you've walked past that booth that's selling
3: the brightly colored uh, uh we've talked about this before andy the yeah. toys that yeah, are they like are, they look kind of <laughs> right yeah. but they're on packaging that's totally wrong <laughs>
4: <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, i didn't know awesome.
3: that batman was an avenger that's right <laughs> since when did he wear black and and green yeah but Nick, man is batman we don't need this stuff. We need somebody that designs the clothes. And he's like, do you know where this guy is? And yeah. he's like, yeah, but you got to buy something. And she's like, fine, I'll buy a t-shirt. And he's like, and a hat. And she's like, fine, to complete the ensemble. So they do. And they get their info and they go to this weird place. And before they even hit the button, he's like, no. And they're like, but my client's an Avenger. And after some like short back and forth, he's like, fine. 15-minute consultation. That's it.
1: I listen to this scene in the hallway, and I'm listening to the voice, and I'm thinking,
3: man, this guy
1: sounds familiar. Hmm. Did you get a vibe off that? I didn't, but... Do we, mm. We're going to get to we're it. We're going to get mean, to him. yes. I, I don't know this actor.
3: <clears throat> but uh, they start dancing, and he comes over the mic again. He's like, I can still see you. And they're still happy, so they still dance off. Then we go back to uh, the law office again, and Holloway, uh, he's like, Eating, I don't know, some sort of nut where he's dropping the shell and it's the sound effect here is kind of uh, off putting, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's like, Why did I see a billboard advertising She Hulk booty boost smoothies on the way to work today? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes on to tell him, You know, no, that's not me, somebody else. Don't worry, I'm going to fix it. And he's like, No, you're not. And she gets sent to Mallory. Yeah. And she's like laying it out, You know what? We're not colleagues. You're the client. I'm the lawyer. It's not going to work otherwise. Yeah, it's the only way that this is going to work. Yeah, Yeah. which I thought good for her. Yeah, good for her. And uh, she points out Titanium. Like, is this who outmaneuvered you? And she's like, yes. And then uh, she tells her, you know, if we're going to parade you in front of the courts, we need to get you better dressed. And Nikki, who apparently has been listening the whole time, she pops in already on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut to uh, court proceedings, I guess. And Titania is taking selfies already. And as they're admitting stuff into evidence, uh, Titania is like, here, I brought samples. Put this into evidence too. I guess trying to bribe the judge maybe, but. Uh, that, that's what, totally how it played to me. In fact, this this
1: scene was a little bit like, I was kind of sitting there going, I know that it's meant to be comedy and I know it's supposed to be lighter, but why isn't the judge saying
3: something like, like you you were on the edge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they figure there's enough evidence to, uh, take it further. And, uh, Titania looks over and she gives her the old undertaker across the neck. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause that's appropriate. Yeah.
3: Totally. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Right. uh, Jen just kind of gives her a shocked look and we move on. And we get to our 15 minute consultation and is, uh, What's his name? Griffin Robinson, I think. Yes, like I said, I don't think I know who this is. But he's playing Luke Jacobson in the show. Do we know? Do we know anything else that this guy's been in? I
2: do not. All right. No, I thought this was a drop ball because I really would have loved to see the Gladiator character from the Daredevil show as the guy yeah. building costumes oh, for superheroes. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even some random like semi-identifiable stuff hanging up on his racks. Sure, sure. But I get based on what he says later why there wouldn't be.
1: I almost get like a like with the glasses and the uh, the hoity-toityness. It's almost a there's there's very very fine underpinnings of Edna Mode, mm, yeah, as in like The Incredibles,
3: yeah,
1: on a very like a no very cares. very like very light,
3: yeah. But uh, he looks at her and is like, "No, I don't want to do anything for you." But Nikki manages, you know. Look, she's the Hulk's cousin. She's gonna be an Avenger. Oh yeah, I thought you said she was. Yeah, no, we're working out the details. (laughs) Yeah. A Vonger. Yeah. (laughs) Or an Avenger. (laughs) But uh, you know, she's like, I just need a basic suit for lawyering. And he's like, I don't make basic shit. All war tested, whatever you need. And uh she does she finally does like the down to Jen and then back up to Hulk. Yeah, cuz he asked her what do you need like
1: flame flame, flame resistant,
3: regarded, or what built kind of in weapons? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was thinking then, unstable uh, molecules. Uh, I was that? thinking this thing, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But
3: then he's like order more of the stretch fabric. We'll do it.
1: So that we know that her uh her purple suit is
3: yeah. coming. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he hands it to her at the end here. But...
1: It'll be interesting to see how it performs i mean we've seen you know we've seen caps uniform in various states of disrepair yeah. i mean if this guy is tailored to the superheroes is he working with something else maybe is he who knows hmm.
3: glenn says uh, do you have symbiotes do you have nice. symbiote suits?" Nice. well nice. So, no, there's a great question though because Tickness we know
1: pill. we know that there is a piece of the tom hardy venom suit
3: venom symbiote in this, symbiote universe in this yeah in the universe somewhere somewhere it'll show up at some point yeah 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 but we go back to the office and turns out todd's back played by john bass and uh he's like hey i know her and she's like oh hey how are you doing todd right he's like oh we should go for drinks again and she's like oh yeah sure sure great and then uh, nikki's like oh my god you rolled over so fast <laughs> but uh we cut to outside and they're having lunch and she finally gets hit with a thought because she made the dating profile this is how she well her i'm case. telling you i mean it, it, you could see it a mile
1: away yeah i'm sitting on the couch. i'm looking at my wife at kim and i'm going her dating profile yep she used it you know it, as her whole having to prove and the only reason i think about that stuff it's like i think about how we use our name on the show and and the other uses of that name that are out there and it's like oh were we first True. which is neither here nor there but you know in looking up sort of intellectual property law at least here in Canada there is sort of this you've got to prove that you were using it um not necessarily that you trademarked, but that you were using it so
3: yeah but. back in court uh they're ready to present this evidence and Titania she's just rolling her eyes at the whole thing and uh Mallory proceeds to read the uh, dating profile, which is where we get the episode title this week. <laughs> and it says mean green and straight poured into these jeans. I kind of like the uh, the emphasis that she put on that when she yeah. was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> and they go on further, like, what are you seeking? And, you know, partner with a sturdy back and a reinforced bed joking. <laughs> but then uh, we cut to the back bench there. Yeah, I was going to say uh, all four in the, of the, in the gallery. Of turn. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all showing up they proceed to take the stands and uh, David Otunga's characters first and then followed by, I can't remember his name. Right. right. uh, Then Todd's up there and he's trying to convince them, Oh, you know, women can open up to me. And then, you know, we see Jennifer just sinking into her chair, like just from the embarrassment of these people. Right. Right. And then uh, apparently the cute lawyer or cute doctor, sorry, takes the stand and uh, says, you know, I, we had a great connection and, then Mallory asks her, you know, if it was presented as Jennifer Walters, would you have still dated her? And he's like, No. At least and he's honest. Yeah, but you can see the tears in her eyes. Like this is, you know.
1: Hitting. Well, that is the other thing. It's that that having that aspect of your life. I know it's a it's a essentially it's a closed courtroom. There's nobody else. I mean, there's that one lady there in the gallery that we don't recognize. But still, yeah, having your your personal life kind of put on display like that, yeah, that's got to be uncomfortable for anybody
3: yeah but the judge rules in her favor and uh titania comes over and just basically tells her this isn't over
1: yeah quite handily i might add
3: yeah and as she's making her way out both uh david Otunga's character and the lawyer or lawyer doctor guy uh they're both like oh hey titania can i take you out (laughs) yeah what does she she say to him says no but you can buy me things yeah let's go you can buy me things yeah But uh, Jen gives one last glance to the doctor and uh, he gives one glance to her and she's like faking a smile.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
3: Uh, outside the courtroom, Mallory tells her, you know, you can do better and you deserve better. So she's like, can I buy you a drink? Thanks for this. And off they go. And they're having a good little time until Jen blurts. I'm so happy we're friends now. I like the <clears throat> pause there. The, uh, the are we, aren't we pause? Yeah. yeah. I think it's like, yes, but no. I have to
1: say on some level I got a, there was like this is, is, you know, the other lawyer, is there like a
3: friction, maybe not friction or friendly competition?
1: Well, not even that maybe in the sense that they might develop something romantic. Mm. Mm. Maybe. I I don't know, you know, if that, if that's uh, consistent with the character's comic uh, um, portrayal, but I almost Mm. got that. Like there's like a, Maybe friction is the right word. That whole, like, we work for the same firm, so, you know, we're we're taking the same uh, the same kind of jobs.
3: Maybe she's a little bit apprehensive about her because, like, they picked her just because she is She-Hulk. Yeah,
1: maybe that whole, like, having to, to, to prove yourself kind yeah. of thing. Oh, you just walk in here and get a job while I've yeah. been busting my butt yeah. for however long. But,
3: you know, they continue finishing their drinks, and then uh, Mallory's like, I thought you were going to get new clothes. And Jen breaks forth, well, new clothes, yay! So we cut back over and uh, I'm here to pick up my suit. Yeah. He hands her one, says, Here, try this on. And then he hands her another one. I made this too.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, out of the, from no to, yeah, oh, here, here by the way. Extra. Here's an extra thing. Yeah.
3: But then he goes across and there's a hat box sitting there. And uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who left it out, but he's like, oh, No respect for, you know, yeah, yeah, client yeah. confidentiality. And he yeah. sets it down and we get our shot. And it is the new yellow Daredevil helmet. Um,
1: very much in line with the red one from the Netflix show.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice new coloration. Yeah, it does. It looks really nice. Yeah. But well, then fun. we get uh, some good uh, credit art, as it were. We find Ched Hawk and all that beauty stuff.
1: Is this the episode where she says, "Oh, she's literally selling snake oil"? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As one of them says, uh, "Snake venom uh, lip balm yeah, or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it <laughs> was,
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Then we get this one. I like this one. Uh, it's got Holloway actually trying out the booty boost smoothies? <laughs> you gotta wonder if, like, if the uh, the credit art is like off
1: camera stuff that I has would think happened. So,
3: because the next one I found really interesting, uh, it's uh, Pug wonder showing Rock off his shoe collection. But <laughs> that's not. So much the thing as it's the shoes already in his collection.
2: Uh, like the Deadpool shoe,
3: like mm-hmm. the Doctor Strange, the Juggernaut, the Falcon, Hulk, Miss Marvel,
2: the Thing, Cable, oh, wow. Iron and Man and ones. <laughs> yeah,
3: and like Deadpool,
2: who shouldn't be there yet. Sure, Cycles,
3: Speedball, Wolverine, all sorts of people that shouldn't technically be there yet.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: Silver Surfer. <laughs>
1: But that's a good way of
2: establishing their presence yeah.
1: uh, in the MCU without having yeah. to. Oh, by the way, here they are. Yeah.
2: yeah. So they might we, exist there. After all that multiverse stuff, we can't really be sure. You know, allow Rick and Morty. What what universe what we're universe actually are we in?
1: actually yeah. in. Yeah. That yeah. Makes perfect yeah. sense to me. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that so you got you got more. I got a couple more about this one. While we're um, here, though, can we just just for a second because that came up? There was a meme that got uh, pushed around uh, this week. I don't know if you saw it? And it was uh, Thor uh, from Love and Thunder talking to uh, or standing there with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like it, the, the person who's sort of watching the movie has the epiphany that if Thor and the Guardians were not on Earth, then when Strange cast his spell, only do they still know the identity of Peter Parker? Maybe. Mm. It's a good thought. That also would apply potentially to Carol Danvers and nick fury yeah, nick fury. yeah exactly so that's an interesting uh, all that from a meme that's pretty interesting
3: yeah it's a great thought yeah 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 but uh here's another one to i don't know maybe blow your mind okay about the iron man threes yeah 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 yeah. if you go to sport check no apparently you can get marvel <laughs> iron man hardened volume iron three iron man <laughs> volume three yeah, yeah. So, iron man threes there so did go.
1: did we see an Adidas uh, logo in the end credits? I wonder this week if they were uh, sponsoring. Oh, for ensemble. sure! I bet you they are product placement like that.
3: Yeah, ma- who knows? Maybe. oh yeah, that was kind of a neat thing to stumble across. Mind you, they didn't say the name of the shoe uh, manufacturer. No, it was just Iron Man 3's to drop. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh,
2: they're sort of supposed to be like like as if Iron Man were Michael Jordan. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I totally get that. The yeah. the, the, the Adidas Hardmans or Mans are like triathlon shoes like so oh, yeah. you know what i mean so it's a coincidence that they're named that mm. they're dope and one uh
3: i one do like thing it, to point out in the credits uh and i we haven't talked about it yet but uh malia araya yep is the on-set stand-in for she hulk oh okay. she is a uh extreme height actress she oh stands cool in really? at six foot five She's six five. Yeah, so she is literally She Hulk walking oh, around.
1: Oh, so it's not just uh, uh, not
3: just somebody with a like uh, you know when Taika Waititi had the little thing sure, on his head sure, before. sure. Oh yeah, she's actually height. Uh, so. The cord cutout? Yeah,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
3: So uh, good for her though. Yeah, nice. is that
1: her in in makeup then?
3: That is her profile off IMDb oh, and her excellent. in makeup, ready for the show.
1: Oh, that's really cool.
3: Yeah. So that is our episode this week. Nice. But before I turn it over to you, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk or at least mention this one this year sure. or last week, I guess. Uh, the yeah. Batwoman Beyond figure. Oh, right. We and talked about uh, this striking resemblance to Melania Vantrub. That is uncanny how um, yeah. the
1: likeness there. I actually saw that figure today.
3: Nice. I thought it was kind of weird.
1: I've been mm. saying for a little while now that uh, McFarlane needs to stop hand painting their human characters. <laughs> Because the results are often
3: different. Yeah, they're
1: yeah, they really are. This one is a hit, I would say. Yeah, Um, intentional or not.
3: Yeah, you probably know her though from the uh, AT and T Lily commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's also on This Is Us. Okay. And she also voices the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's uh, she's out there. All right. Well,
1: let me. We're gonna stick with toys here for a second. I'm I'm gonna come back around to this. Guys, if you're uh, before we transition over to our uh, Star Wars news segment, we're gonna stick with uh, toys here. Hit your EB Games Star Wars Black Series collectors because GameStop. the the uh, sorry, that's right, GameStop because now the, the <laughs> EB Powered is it's Papa the same. It it's the same company. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the Obi Wan wave they uh, are starting to hit now, so uh, I've just added Riva and uh, Obi Wan from uh, Kenobi this week pretty happy to do that so that goes in the in the collection along with the uh fifth brother that i already picked up nice and they tell me that uh the grand inquisitor is coming sometime next month so
2: yeah that's months early those are all um they were all supposed to be march releases really yeah
1: i didn't realize it was going to be that uh it was going to be that far away all right so um (laughs) as we opened the show andor's coming up here and i do have some andor news that i want to talk about but i thought it would be a fun a fun way to get us all ready for uh, for the next, what, uh, 10, 10 weeks? Uh, eight oh, weeks yeah. <laughs>
2: it's going to be a marathon.
1: I thought it would be fun if we took a look at some uh, interesting um, news items. So, all the way de- 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 de, from the fandom news net, uh, all the way to you, here comes uh, some Star Wars news that uh, maybe you weren't aware of. Um, guys, remember we were talking a while ago, if you go back to our first episode of uh, The Weapons of Star Wars, that was our our our, uh, Pew Pew, a blaster story, which we totally misnamed. We should have, uh, after we got in with our naming convention.
3: Well, we didn't know it was going to go as far as it did.
1: Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) You may recall that we mentioned there was a resin cast uh, blaster. That was one of the the DL-44s that Han Solo had used. Sold back in uh, 2013. It sold for about, uh, actually, it sold for $200,000.
3: More than I can afford
1: back in uh, 2013 well something special happened earlier this year um, whether you were aware of this or not Um, and it's got a really 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 amazing story however um, one of the screen used mauser pistols from a new hope um, was discovered and it was rebuilt Um, so the story basically goes like this This Han Solo blaster just came up uh, with the Rock Island Auction Company and it sold, um, I guess it sold, I've got a date here somewhere. Where did I put it? Um, uh, This last surviving DL-44 prop blaster from A New Hope at the Rock Island Company that they specialize in antique and collector firearms and militaria. This particular blaster was matched by serial number. Um, and as I said, as a really cool story, I've added links. You can actually go to the listing at the Rock Island auction company, uh, the description of that, uh, in our description for tonight's live stream, you'll find a link there to the listing as well as uh, the video with the gentleman who's actually holding the pistol. Basically this blaster was rebuilt to about uh, 80% of screen accuracy, um, using actual parts from, uh, Bapti. Oh, geez. If you guys remember, Baptie was the the company that provided all of the prop firearms for Star Wars back in what seventy six. Yeah, the lead the lead armor on the film was a gentleman by the name of Carl Schmidt, and uh, they approached Carl Schmidt when they found this uh, weapon and they said, "Would you be interested in coming back over and rebuilding this gun back into a Han Solo blaster?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll do it, but it needs to be authentic parts." That's crazy. So, yeah, so they were able to find one of the original scopes, they were able to get one of the the uh, flash suppressors off one of the German MGs, and so they say that it is about 80% screen accurate using original parts. They could not redo the, the scope mount because it had been cut off. So, yeah, and I mean, all the extra greebling and stuff yeah. that would have been just, you know, added by the art department. All that stuff is gone. However, <laughs> so it was expected that this pistol was going to uh, would bring in roughly four hundred thousand dollars. And to entice uh, buyers, it also came with a handy autographed photo of uh, Han Solo himself, signed by uh, one Harry Ford. You, ever, you notice that he doesn't sign Harrison;
4: hmm.
1: he signs Harry.
4: Hmm.
1: Harry hmm. Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, when it came up uh finally the uh the the auction closed just on august twenty eighth are you ready for the winning bid gentlemen sure <laughs> two point five one million fifty seven thousand dollars one million fifty seven thousand dollars on a screen used uh Mauser broom handle c ninety six pistol um restored oh. mostly To uh, that iconic weapon from uh, not even for
2: a real blaster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember, remember though, in uh, A New Hope, A New Hope used uh, blank firing weapons, so the the likelihood is that this one was, or maybe still is, capable of firing blanks. Hmm. Um, Not that I would want to. No. (laughs) And there's no reason to do that anymore, to be honest. I mean. I don't want to get into the whole Alec Baldwin thing, but there really just is no reason to have to use real ammunition yep. or blank ammunition in movies anymore. So especially in a movie with where guns go, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it. Fantastical laser beams. Recoil people recoil. Well, you know, you know, <laughs> all right. I want to stick with uh, sort of the uh, thematically. I'm going to stay sort of in this space. Cause Andy, you brought one to my attention. Uh, this one, you said you found it in previews, previews, yeah, previews magazine. Yeah. Well, I went looking because the picture you sent me was uh, very enticing. Something else came up uh, earlier this year. That was uh, a screen-used shooting model of uh, an X-Wing fighter, believed to be the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, lot number 386, uh, A New Hope, screen-matched ILM Red Leader. X-Wing shooting model. This one turns out uh, it was a pyrotechnic model. So they would have built several hero ships and then they would have built some like lesser definition ships that could do other things in the backgrounds, as well as ships that they would have made for pyro to blow them up. So um, yeah, this one was estimated to bring in somewhere between uh, half a million to $1 million. And again, this one has a really awesome story. Again, I've put the, the, the details to the prop store of LA, to the listing for this, in our description, as well as the embedded video that's there. You may have actually seen this back on uh, Adam Savage's tested uh, YouTube channel. He actually did a walkthrough of this model um, back before the auction opened. Hmm. So basically...
3: For it anyway. What's that? It's a good way to get people primed for it.
1: Absolutely. They say this is the Red Leader uh, X-Wing, but if you look at the markings on that, that is clearly... Uh, marked as Red 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, red 3, um, as we were <laughs> joking today earlier in our private conversation, Red Figs. 3 was the X Wing flown by uh, Biggs Darklighter. Biggs. Um, but here's the thing they actually discovered that this model, they could trace it back to historical photos. Um, all the weathering and the blaster scoring actually trace it back to the fact that it is, in fact, um, Red 1 or Red Leader. Um, and basically, at some point, they would have repainted it because the charge, this is the one that uh, the, the blais- basically blows up around his engines before he crashes into the Death Star. Yeah. Um, because it didn't uh, break the model, at some point it was repainted, but they believe that it was never filmed as Red 3, but it is definitely uh, Red 1 or, or Red Leader's X-Wing. Nice. Yeah, so um, again, um, estimated to bring in uh, between half a million to $1 million. This one, uh, when was this? This was back on June, uh, late June. So June 24th, the auction closed, and the high bid, oh, my God, $2,375,000. Wow. Well, I mean, these numbers are, like, astronomically crazy, and it got me to thinking— what else is out there? Yeah. So unless I've missed something. Now, if you're, if you're watching this live and you know, sorry, you we're
4: know, something.
1: Oh, that's okay. Can
4: you close nice. that Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> that's one
2: live sec, for guys. you folks. No, it's totally okay. Ah, thanks. I'm back.
4: Excellent. <laughs>
3: that um, was the sound thinking. of the next wing. Yeah, exactly.
1: Just, he was rolling into the trench
3: run. Well, somebody could afford one.
1: Um, if you guys out there are, are big into the Star Wars kind of uh, the prop world and kind of like how things have migrated around the world and you know of some expensive items, um, unless I've missed something, this X-Wing uh, selling for $2.375 million makes it the second most expensive Star Wars item in history.
3: But if that's That's only the second, the second.
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's where we're going to go with the next slide because earlier this week on our social media, I put up a a blurred out slide of the top five, top five, most expensive star Wars items in history. And I asked, do you know what they are? No, we did get one response. We got a response from our friend, uh, Sean, who said uh, the rocket firing Boba Fett has to be up there somewhere.
3: The prototype one,
1: Sean, not even close, my friend. <laughs> All right, I have compiled a slide that that details the top five most expensive Star Wars items. The number one spot goes to an R2-D2, a 43-inch R2-D2 that was an amalgamation of parts from the original trilogy, sold in uh, 2017. million dollars Wow! it is yeah that is the number one most expensive star wars item ever sold at auction uh number two is our x-wing at 2.3 uh 2.375 million sold this year number three that han solo blaster that just sold uh 1.57 million this year as well Number four, a Darth Vader helmet for $898,420 went in 2019. And number five, probably I would never have gotten this without doing the research. The Panavision PSR 200 35 millimeter camera used to film Star Wars. Wow. At $625,000 back in 2011 comment from sean i wasn't even close no sir you were not close. <laughs> although i was i should have put that in there there was mention of a rocket firing boba fett that went for twenty-seven thousand. i could like be wrong it's like tens of thousands though yeah for, the, uh, for a rocket firing boba fett yeah and no you didn't know somebody who had one nobody in your friend nobody had knew one. nobody, nobody knew. had one unless you're cousin sweet and you too nobody's cousin had one that's right i knew a kid whose dad worked at kenner and they brought like they had all kinds of these at home no they didn't Mm -mm. (laughs) no Uh, all right so i just i wanted to uh go through that a little bit i thought that was kind of a fun way to sort of uh wet the whistle and uh open the floodgates on what's going on next news item this isn't a new one this is actually an old one and i don't know don't ask me why it came up on my radar this week Guys, remember, uh, man, before uh, Disney, long before Disney, we had that. Uh, Hank, we've talked about this the dark times. <laughs> there was no Star Wars,
2: no Star Wars.
1: There was a, a a bit of a candle flicker, if I can call it that. That was the Ewoks and the droids, uh, cartoon. Oh, they ran 80, a, a, 85, yeah, yeah, 85. So, yeah. um, Cool thing, droids. I mean, uh, chronicling the adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO before they came into the service of uh, Princess Leia.
4: Mm.
1: Now, droids and Ewoks, by the way, was animated uh, right here in Canada by uh, Nelvana. These are the same people that did uh, the Care Bears, which was probably probably their most famous uh, famous production ever. Also they did the first season of inspector gadget. They did uh, my pet monster. And if you're a fan of Nelvana, you may have heard of their feature film rock and
2: rule. Oh yeah. Uh, I love it. So good.
1: So there's, there's more of a star Wars connection here. They also did like George Lucas really, really liked Nelvana. He liked them so much that he got them to do the animated segment of the uh, 79 holiday special, special, the faithful Wookiee, which you can watch on, uh, on disney plus uh that's the animated uh, segment and that's where uh the animation models for the droids actually come from so right down to 3po's three fingered uh hands Hmm. that's a hallmark of nelvana animation is that uh human and humanoid characters tend to have like less Less. digits on their Mm -hmm. on their Mm -hmm. limbs
3: easier to animate
1: well listen i gotta say this probably one of the most memorable aspects first of all of the two shows, did you have a did you guys have a particular favorite of the two?
2: I, I like the Ewoks know. better.
1: Really? And I went the other way. I lean towards Droids. I I thought that Droids felt more like Star Wars. Hmm.
4: Or hmm. at least
1: Star Wars as a whole. Don't get me wrong, I like the fact that the Ewoks, you know, you got to see them more as a as a developed uh, society.
3: And they talked.
1: <laughs> Glenn chooses Ewoks. That is yeah. a fair choice.
2: I I don't I don't know if you guys knew Mark, but Kelly's uh sorry, you know kelly uh, his brother mark anyway was sure, uh, sure yeah was was the background animator on on oh, ewok great. so you,
1: did. you had mentioned that before yeah.
2: and i used to have uh and I, I had it for the longest time he did a, a it was a, a sketch of a, a dewlock camp and there was ewok skulls on pikes and it was and they like projected <laughs> it and uh i had yeah. it on my wall forever
1: one thing about droids that I think, I think we could agree on uh, as sort of a high watermark was it had an exceptionally uh, catchy theme tune. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. So that theme tune, it's called Trouble Again, and I'm going to play a clip here for you, just a short one here. Trouble
4: Again. Trouble Again. Um,
1: did you know that song was written and performed by Stuart Copeland of the police. Really?
3: Totally did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, by yes,
3: 1985,
1: sir. Stuart Copeland had already broken into uh, scoring films and stuff. He did, He's done quite a few films. He did Highlander 2. Highlander 2 for all of the, uh, the nerds. We won't culture. hold that against him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the score might even be better than the movie.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Glenn says uh, they were both thick with cheese, though. I can't. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Heavy. They totally oh, yeah. were.
2: And I mean, and now that they're on Disney, rewatching them, I was like, "What? What was I
1: thinking?" <laughs> you know what? Rewatching Droids, I actually yeah, no,
2: Droids it, is, is a lot is very solid. Uh, I think it holds up a lot of it
1: fairly yeah. well. I
2: watched yeah. a few of the Ewoks episodes. They didn't
3: didn't take me out of it.
1: Sean says uh, I have two Ewok figures. Nice, excellent from the uh, from the Ewoks uh, animated series. Some of those figures, they are. Uh, I mean, they're they're after the final seventeen. So yeah, they're uh, up
2: there. They're up there. They are. The
1: so are the droids in my uh, retail business I uh, I was able to acquire and I now I did not own it but I was able to uh, broker a deal and move a droid's uh, c3PO remember that that, that was good weird. yeah that was a few that was what 20 2016 2017 somewhere in there we were we brokered that figure for 600 Canadian dollars yep. yeah, yeah. That's a nice figure. loose loose yeah it's an awesome figure um, that figure specifically is a complete reuse of the Empire Strikes Back breakaway. Hmm. Uh, right down to the limbs, like falling apart. So uh, they commonly, if you played with them enough, they would just fall apart. I oh, got super it was loose and fantastic, in fantastic. It wiggle shape. all over the place. Yeah. So going back to, I want to go back to uh trouble again. Trouble again. Trouble again.
4: Here's
1: the, here's what's newsworthy about this. Um, Stuart Copeland did an interview with uh den of geek, like a long time ago. And you know what he said? He said, you know, yeah, the theme song, it's only like just over a minute long, but we recorded an entire song. So somewhere, somewhere in the Lucasfilm vaults is a full length song, Troubled Again, (laughs) written and sung by Stuart Copeland of the police. I thought that was kind of fun. Neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This one, uh, this may or may not come as a surprise. This next one here, we we finally got word that uh, Rogue Squadron the um uh, the the uh, Patty Jenkins Star Wars movie has been pulled from the Disney release schedule. Now a lot of people have been really vocal about this, you know. Um they're, they're, I've seen all the jokes, uh the, the big one being mm-hmm. uh yeah, they saw Wonder Woman 1984 is the it, it seems to be the common one, right? Mm-hmm. The common discourse.
3: Yeah, it wasn't the worst movie ever. It,
1: it wasn't um i've seen worse it's not great either <laughs> it's not great as far as superhero movies are concerned that's my honest opinion and in of the two wonder woman films it is the inferior movie yeah um there are aspects of it that i really liked but rogue squadron uh, pulled pulled from the release schedule and there's been no word whether or not um disney is going to use that release slot for something else um also, there has been no mention of whether this uh, removal from the release uh, uh, schedule means that the movie is
3: permanently scrapped done.
1: or just shelved. One thing I will say about this is if you've been following the news on this, and we kind of do, that's kind of our, I guess that's kind of our job here. We've been, I've been following this one. <coughs> oh, yeah. Star Wars show. Right. Remember last year, um, the movie went into permanent, uh, the production went on sort of permanent delay, mm-hmm. uh, indefinite delay. Well, I mean, we're talking, we are now what, September, September, 2022. Uh, This movie was supposed to release on December 22nd, 2023. So the, the window, the window to actually make the movie and have it ready for that, that uh, release date is like, we're talking like it's virtually closed at this point. So, I mean, even if they could get her schedule worked out and by the way, that is sort of the the leading sort of theory is that patty jenkins uh, is just busy doing other things mm. i haven't seen anything yet
2: come on focus <laughs> it's it seems a lot like they go public with all of their ideas and uh, with some of them not being very solid yet and That's, i think some yeah, of these yeah, yeah. these creators get get thrown out with the bathwater like that mm. Uh, yeah you know you get you get if you were on the outside and you didn't read articles and you just read headlines you would think this lady was a shitty director like you like you know what i mean like yeah and i don't i don't i don't know that it has anything to do with her art i don't know that it has anything to do uh with her as a person or the 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 rogue squadron thing as it existed before i think i think disney's crazy fickle um and I mean, we've seen, you know, it could all be pl- publicity at the same time. We, we've seen them just sort of dangle this Ryan Johnson trilogy carrot over and over and over. And, and right, as soon as you right. forget that it's happening, there's an article somewhere about, oh, it's still happening. Ryan Johnson's still thinking about it, you know. where Where's the the, the carrot of the the Taika Waititi yeah. Star Wars movie? Like, it yep, seems like they yep. just can't, you know, while they're giving us all the TV we could want, they keep dangling film carrots.
1: Well, that is the one thing that it does say with absolute certainty is that with Rogue Squadron now off the release schedule, there are absolutely zero Star Wars films in the pipeline. It is all TV currently. Yeah. So,
3: so maybe they're banking on uh, a collapse of theater.
1: You know, I I think Disney at this point going to stick with Rogue Squadron here for a minute because this is one that actually had me pretty excited. Um, that that early marketing material with Patty Jenkins strapping on her rollerblades and then skating up towards that X-wing with a flight suit kind of tied around her waist was really evocative of like, oh yeah, I need this. And then my most anticipated movie of of 2021 came out in 2022, and that was Top Gun: Maverick. And I am I am you know a, I'm a ten year old kid all over again. Mm. If you were to take the you know the Star Wars uh, you know lens and put it over top of Maverick and turn make a Star Wars movie where we're training pot. I am so in on that. Yeah. I mean, the, the the joke was that Maverick borrowed heavily from the themes and plot of Star Wars, like with the trench run and it had having trench to hit run. a small <laughs> having to hit a small target at a high rate of speed. And we all kind of tongue in cheek went, ha, that's kind of neat, but man. People want to see dog fighting, and I want to see more dog fighting in in Star Wars. The big joke for us—we've said it before. Where's the war in Star Wars?
4: Mm-hmm. We've <laughs> had
1: we've had how many shows now? Where the, the, Wars. Biggest, <laughs> the biggest, you know, in Star Wars television, the biggest dogfight we had was uh, Mandalorian Mando, and it was less of a dogfight and more of a of a high speed chase.
3: Yeah,
1: all he did yeah. was try to get away. True, so
3: but he pulled off some crazy maneuvers, and yes,
1: he did. And then, of course, uh, Boba Fett and those, uh, the pair of TIE fighters. Yeah. I definitely, we all love that, and I mean, that I think emotionally says, I mean, we as fans want more of that. So, all I right. am
2: disappointed that this is. I'd like to see the third battle of like the Return of the Jedi, like, oh not, my gosh, not yeah. redone, but I'd like, like that level of a space yep. uh, dog fight. Well, I mean, not, why not? Done today, like, I would like to see.
1: Why not? Why couldn't that be the crescendo of the Rogue Squadron movie is Rogue Squadron's participation in the Battle of Endor? Oh, easily. Or something like that, right? Huge, huge event that we are already familiar with or not familiar with.
4: Yeah.
1: All right. So, knowing that we are in for a plethora of Star Wars television, I'll turn our attention to another property. Uh, Very quietly this week, we got an announcement that – Filipino-Canadian actor Manny Jacinto has joined the cast of The Acolyte in an undisclosed role. Now, Manny has had several one-off TV roles that you've probably never heard of. Um, and he can he, <laughs> he is in a, uh, speaking of Maverick, he is in a barely-seen uh, Top Gun Maverick role where he plays a character by the name of uh, Lieutenant Billy Fritz Avalone a character who has absolutely zero dialogue and does a lot of push-ups um, and has virtually no screen time. Mm-hmm.
3: But at least he's there.
1: Well, and that means that he's now joining the, uh, all the, the already announced cast uh, consisting of Amanda Stenberg. Of course, that's Rue from The Hunger Games. Lee, uh, I don't want to, hopefully I don't uh, mispronounce this gentleman's name, Lee Young-hai, Lee Young-jai, who played Song Gi-hun in Squid Game popular netflix movie
3: still haven't seen it yet no neither have i and then we get uh,
1: jody turner smith now if you uh, i mean have you guys seen her work she's amazing uh karen greer the uh, without remorse that's the michael b jordan movie that takes place in the same uh universe as uh jack ryan okay um in the, the clancy verse i guess it is she also played uh, Sergeant Azima Kindle on uh, TNT's *The Last Ship*. She was a, basically a, an African Special Forces uh, soldier. She's fantastic, by the way. I can't say enough about her. Hmm. Um, and then all the way back to uh, she she had uh, the coveted role of Siren Number Two in *True Blood*. <laughs> 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 the acolyte is said to be a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high Republic era. Mm. I'm ready for the high Republic. I haven't read anything um, from the
3: side of the Sith,
1: but seeing the the promotional artwork and seeing the, the plethora of comic book covers uh, that I looked at this
2: week, a uh, mm. lot
1: of high Republic stuff. It's very beautiful looking. We're, we're
2: heading into phase two. All right. So um,
1: the, the, I should have prefaced this by saying that none of these are in any particular order. you think that going into Andor this week, I would have ended with Andor, but I, I didn't want to do that because I wanted to save what I think is the most exciting thing to the very end. And and believe it or not, for me it's not Andor. <laughs> and I'm really excited for this show. So um moving into Andor news this week, um <laughs> the the season premiere is this Wednesday, September 21st on Disney Plus. It is a three-episode um um, uh, debut uh, the media screenings have already happened uh, they mm-hmm. got to see the first four episodes i got another thing here i'm gonna pull that out yeah they got to see four episodes um in case you want to know there's a reddit out there that says the runtimes for the first four episodes i'm going to read that to you now uh episode runtimes come courtesy of a screenshot posted to reddit on the disney plus screener platform used by critics um according to the screenshot and or episode one Runs for thirty nine minutes. Uh, episode two is thirty five minutes. Uh, episode three is forty minutes, and episode 4, 47 minutes. So we're getting that uh, three episode premiere. We are basically getting a feature length film.
3: Yeah. Uh, um, Still gonna leave you wanting more. You know how much of our
1: uh, how much time prep time we spend on our shows, and yeah. and we know from experience that um, the the credits on these shows are like six, seven minutes of credits is not out of the question. Mm. So, you know, th- do those runtimes include the credits? I mean, that's part of our show. We always say, what is the length with and without, yeah. you know, right. gives you a better idea. I would suspect that that is just whatever it, the thumbnail says, you know, the 30 minute, 40 yeah. min, whatever. Right, right, right. So they're probably going to be a little, a little bit thinner than that. But still, that's a lot. Mm, we're getting a feature length movie. Mm hmm. And uh I'm nervous as hell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well if if, if if any of the rumors about the first season covering like you know uh, five years of five years of his life right, uh, then uh! They're, they're gonna pack a lot of stuff into these the first yeah. seasons. yeah, yeah
1: do we do we have the episode count? I don't know. Do know if is it twelve or thirteen? I thought so. I thought it was a fairly yeah. robust yeah it's uh, well bust season and i mean they're coming out with these they're consistent the episode lengths are consistent with uh previous live action star wars tv so yeah. um uh, fairly fairly meaty for what what they've been i suppose um we got some new character posters this week i did not find them on i went looking on the the disney plus media site i couldn't find them so i had to I had to cobble them from across the internet, but we have new character posters this week for uh, uh, Diego Luna's Cassian Andor, Genevieve O'Reilly's Mon Mothma, and Stellan Skarsgård's uh, new character, Luthen Rail. Luthen Rail? Ral
3: Rail? Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's Rail. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems pretty compelling to me.
3: Mm-hmm. Based uh, on that uh, short preview we got for Disney Plus Day.
1: Well, did you see that uh, they dropped another trailer yesterday? Did they? there's a shot of his ship, um, whatever it is. And it looks like he's, he's barrel rolling and there's a beam weapon that's being projected out either side of the ship. Very reminiscent of star Trek phasers, like a continuous beam weapon that he's corkscrewing as he's making his escape from whatever it is he's doing. Cool. Yeah. looks really, really cool. And that brings me to the meat and potatoes of, uh, what's been going on this week. Um, Man, a few days ago, it seems like every media outlet was reporting um, that uh, Andor will not be uh, full of fan service. We've got got several headlines headlines here. Uh, Showrunner says the series won't include cynical Star Wars fan service. Um, Will not have any fan service. Uh, There will be none. Don't expect any fan
3: service in Andor, says the showrunner. But aren't you a fan of Cassie and Andor already? So this whole thing is just going to serve your fandom.
2: What is well, the definition that they yeah I like I I don't like, I'm not expecting
3: Boba Fett to show up. I'm not expecting C3PO to walk on camera. I
2: feel I'm like a Star Wars show. Are they so, are they referring to fan services we we refer to as Easter eggs? Because well, I watch so those trailers and I go, There's all kinds of stuff yeah. as a Star Wars fan that I go, yeah. wow wow like, you know wow. clone
1: gunships uh phase uh, phase 2 clones in live action not CGI so yeah. i
2: don't understand these are big and deals is this does this actually originate with the showrunner or is this more of that horse shit that they they pump
1: you know i i've i'm asking the same questions i i've said you know where where is the line between wink wink nudge nudge uh you know and this thing that you're already familiar with from other star wars media versus this thing is here specifically to drive the story therefore it's not considered fan service because in my opinion
3: that's still fan service
1: when you understand the depth and and we've said it many many times before the the rhyming stanzas of a poem I, you know i had a conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week where i was sort of explaining that concept and i and i had to remind him at its most simplistic form it's the reason why we have multiple characters from multiple eras reiterating the same lines of dialogue it's not just so you can go oh oh i know what they're talking about you said the line right it is that that sense that the themes and the ideas they are cyclical and we've said this many many times it's a there's a deeper thing happening here
3: yeah hope resonates throughout the galaxy
1: well i I put some images together does that mean that these are these fan service I mean, was Leia, you know, this is Tony Gilroy we're talking about, by the way, who was uh, involved, was uh, part of the um, uh, Rogue One uh, feature film, by the way. I think he wrote and uh, directed as well.
2: He he was brought in to save it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've got Leia at the end of that movie. Is that fan service? You know, what about uh, Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian? Or, um, you know, Max Rebo in, in The Book of Boba Fett? And of course, the rancor or
2: are these just fan service moments? <laughs> I don't or, know, like, you know, are you a fan well, do you want to be serviced? I, I like <laughs> <laughs> but do you know do you know what I mean? Like I certainly I don't want to watch Star Wars with nothing Star Wars in it. Is that what sure. they're getting at? I think they're running with a small sample of what he said. I also have seen a lot of clickbait articles this week about how he's talking about he's not a fan of Star Wars. And if you he's read the actual Project. right but if you read the actual article that it, the interview with him he doesn't say that per se He no. just said i'm making something that for if you aren't a star wars fan you can still engage with and they're taking it twisting it and running with it which is Isn't what i assume they're doing with yeah. this
1: yeah. yeah yeah well i got one more to like i mean if 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 these things you know blur are, are sort of in the realm and i would say the top two while they they are fan service on some level because oh my god we're excited to see them they are hugely important to the stories that they're telling, you know, uh, princess Leia getting the plans to the death star and rocketing off to find Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's where a new hope begins. That's part of the story. It's a
3: connecting piece.
1: Luke Skywalker turning up because he's who else could be, you know, who else was Grogu summoning? Really? There was nobody else. I mean, sure. The other two, Max Rebo, you know max rebo for the sake of just having him in the in the background to me sure that's a little mm-hmm. more
3: fan servicey yeah, it just tells us he survived the barge sure
1: and to some mm-hmm. degree the, the rancor you know showing up and going all kaiju on uh, on moss espa
3: there is a little fan y maybe but like but... we all love the the rancor and jedi and after <laughs> what we saw in bad batch yes. it's like okay what can we accomplish now with the technology they have <laughs> so, true. so true so true who wouldn't want to see that it feels well,
2: cohesive. If I was on Tatooine and I didn't see Max Rebo playing at the most popular bar in town, it might be, I might not think about it, but it doesn't, it's not out of sorts at all. It, it's cohesive. It, we, it brings, it keeps us in the world that we've, we love that they've created for us. The
1: like, discourse would say, and this isn't a, a necessarily a, a, a line of discourse that I'm proposing, but we did talk about it didn't Max Rebo die on the barge? Did <laughs> right. a bunch of people die on the barge? And then he just turns up. Okay. You know, I'm yeah. fine with it, but is that fan service? Because yeah, we I just done three minutes on Max be. Rebo. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're fans. This is what we want. I, I, you know, if there are no stormtroopers in Andor, I'll think it's pretty weird.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, listen, if we're undecided on fan service, there's a blink and you'll miss it moment from the Andor trailer. And I'm going to bring this up for you here now. Is this fan service? Because this is not a legacy character. This is a brand new character. This is uh, Captain Carson Teva. It's our man uh, Paul Lee from Kim's Convenience who was introduced in The Mandalorian, has a face-to-face moment with Cassian Andor, and he's an Imperial officer.
3: So yeah, we're going to find out his origins. Is this a fan service moment? What is this? No, this I, is expanding I mean, his story.
2: D- yeah, this Maybe. is a character that we really, like we, we're already gravitating towards him. We we were so close to what we thought ranges of the new republic. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. We thought that was gonna could, be his, it could be his show. Could be his and, show. I mean, and and there therefore, why bother with a, a rogue squadron movie if we're going to do a rogue squadron TV show? Right. Uh, right. You know, like I, so um, that stuff is again cohesion and and of course they're they're building this new cinematic universe, if you will. So they absolutely want things to cross over. Um, I think so. And this is just proving that the articles are like just cynical themselves. I, uh, <laughs> this, this is cynicism for
1: the sake of it, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. This is just <laughs> let's say negative stuff so people will click on our article and just, yeah.
1: Sean uh, says it's his twin sister, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a big galaxy, man.
1: Maybe, maybe. Well, listen, I've got Tony Gilroy's quote here. I'm going to bring this up here so we can all take a look at it. He says, uh, speaking to Variety on the upcoming series, Tony Gilroy, who wrote uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story and created the upcoming Andor, said that rather than focus on some of the more well-known characters of the Star Wars world, they wanted Andor to focus more on the lesser lesser known normal people who might find themselves in that universe. Quote, I wanted to do something about real people, Gilroy said. They've made all this IP about the royal family. In essence, it's been great. But there is a billion, billion, billion other things in the galaxy. There's plumbers and cosmeticians, journalists. What are their lives like? Mm -hmm. The revolution is affecting them just as much as anybody else. Why not use the Star Wars canon as a host organism for absolutely realistic, passionate, dramatic storytelling? When asked if any legacy characters may pop up in the series, Gilroy kept coy, but he noted that if they did, it would never be for the purpose of fan service and never to have them appear for the sake of being in the series. Quote, never fan service. It's never cynical, said Gilroy. It's always meant to be there. It's always protein. It's never icing. I think that's pretty clear if you ask me.
3: If they show up, they're going to show up for a reason.
1: I feel like, which is fine, reading that statement now. I mean, I kind of put them up for fun, but Mm -hmm. looking at those images and now, like, reading Tony's statement and really kind of thinking about what he's saying, I think that he does have a pretty good understanding of the property. I think he understands it in the same way that we do that it's never, we've always said that everything in Star Wars is intentional. And I think that's kind of what he's saying.
3: Yeah. Well, absolutely. Family guy's been joking about it for years, but like, wouldn't that be a great show to find like your plumbers and your oh construction my gosh, guys yeah. working on the death star. Like they're not bad. They're just, they've taken a contracting job,
1: the lower decks analogy, yeah. uh, talking about, yeah. you know, the, the star Trek analogy, lower decks is doing just that. Yeah. A bunch of characters that you would never, you know, crewman, nobody who lives shares a room with 20 other people. You yeah. never, you never see these people yet. You've got an entire show in the other, in the other star franchise that is doing just that.
3: Yeah. It works. You know.
1: Um, and it can work for star Wars too.
3: Absolutely. I and I still think we need our Bass pro shop in space.
1: <laughs> <Heavens> <laughs> so, true, so true. so Um, where are we at here? Now? Okay. So that's all I'm going to talk about. Uh, and, or, because we're just we're days away next week. We are just days away. We're going to get it full force moving on to another one. Uh, this comes out of D 23, by the way, we're going to talk about uh, skeleton crew for a little bit. We talked about Skeleton Crew before, and when we knew absolutely nothing about it. By the way, by the way, we know, we know like a smidge more than what we knew before. Smidge more than nothing. (laughs) That's right. Um, What did we say? We were going into the definition of what is a skeleton crew, like the minimum number of people you'd need to run a a starship. Like the two guys
3: working on the uh, barge. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, What we did learn is, uh, what did we get here? We got some more details on what the the series is going to be about. John Watts uh, says that uh, even though the show is for kids, um, it's not actually going to be a kid's show. And uh, the big big news from D23 was uh, this imagery, which uh, shows off star Jude Law in uh, what he's going to look like going into the series. Hmm. Also, we get some concept art uh, of the ship that apparently is going to be sort of the the focus of the series. Um, what do we get here? We got a we got a statement from uh, both um, John Watts and Kathleen Kennedy, which I think is really cool. By the way, uh, Jude Law standing there looks like three of those, uh, you know, the the ball droids, the the, the door knocker, the guys. doorbell what droids. much more tinky. Yeah, yeah, that guy. There's like three of them, so uh, something's going on
3: there. Somebody upgraded security. Um, And then
1: we've got got sort of the silhouette of some uh, younger people in the background. So John Watts, uh, who's uh, the showrunner, says, uh, It's a story about a group of kids uh, about 10 years old from a tiny little planet who accidentally get lost in the Star Wars galaxy, and it's the story of their journey trying to find their way home we like the idea of using kids to give you a different perspective and see the galaxy through uh, a different pair of eyes. Mm -hmm. I I bring this up full screen so I can actually read it. Um, Kathleen says, John Watts came to me very much wanting to do a sort of Goonies in Star Wars. Needless to say, I'm going to say yes. And so it's just evolved out of that kind of enthusiasm and wanting to tell uh, stories in this space. Mm -hmm. Goonies in space.
2: Um, Why not? Yep. If you can do it, Yep. I, if you could pull that off, I'd be super happy. Uh, I love Goonies.
1: As soon as I saw uh, Kids Lost in Space, so immediately I, I'm already thinking Lost in Space, for one. Um, but it also made me think, and she says Goonies, so it, it makes me think of some other sort of other kid-centric adventure films of the day that really um, I can't not make an analogy with the two Ewok yeah. uh, made-for-TV films.
2: Sure. Goonies is about uh, kids well, hunting pirate treasure, and, yes. and that puts me so close to Honda and Naka. Uh, <laughs> I will draw analogies all day long trying to find Honda and Naka in live action. When I saw
1: kids lost in space and Jude Law being the adult, I immediately went to Adventures in Babysitting, and uh, <laughs> he's the he's the babysitter, whether he wants to be or not, right?
2: i mean stranger stranger things was so good at capturing that that energy from all those movies Uh, everything you see on the screen there that i mean it's it's natural there's a there's a you know we we all loved those movies and and uh that energy so if they can pull it off again yeah i'm yeah i'm all in
1: all right and then of course et as well i mean because you know, you kids, aliens kids and aliens, Wars. kids and aliens. That just mm-hmm. seems to me that they're, you know, I'm not saying that this is sort of the, the influences for this, uh, this upcoming series, but I won't be surprised if we see trappings of them uh, in it.
3: Maybe they'll pick up uh, the equivalent to a sloth along the way. Yeah. 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 We mm-hmm. had a baby rancor or, whatever. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn
1: our, turn our attention back to uh, star Wars animation. I know uh, I've been really hotly anticipating what this was going to look like. Um, at D23 they got a really good look at it and so did we It's oh, yeah. Tales of the Jedi now uh, it's going to be an anthology uh, series consisting of six shorts
3: now they, relatively soon, is it not?
1: Uh, October 26th.
3: Yeah, not too long. So there, <laughs>
1: gentlemen, it's going to overlap. There may be some overlap.
2: <laughs>
3: There's going to be some overlap.
1: Yeah. We may have to do the casual Sunday nights uh, talking about tales and, and leave the, the other stuff for the crunch. The deep dive. Um, yeah, um, six shorts, roughly 15 minutes apiece. Now, the first episode was screened at D23 last weekend, and they revealed the title. It is called Life and Death now what we've seen in the trailer is an animation style that is very much uh in line with the previous star wars animation that we've seen uh in the cgi shows particularly the clone wars season seven it's that more refined more smooth look um and the trailer uh, tells us on the nose, no uncertain terms that these six shorts are broken down into basically two overarching stories the first one, I'm calling it the first one. It may not be the first one, but one of those is uh, surrounding Ahsoka Tano, um, whom we are going to visit at different points in her life. In fact, according to uh, IGN, they say that uh, uh, life and death, the opening, see- uh, the opening scene in life and death is the birth of Ahsoka Tano. So that's kind mm. cool. We got a uh, comment here. Uh, um, anonymous Facebook user, Woot Woot,
2: uh, I am mm-hmm. with you. I oh, yeah. am so with you. I really hope it's Ashley Eckstein doing the voice of Ahsoka to, again, too.
1: I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, no, uh, it should be uh, empirical listening, listening to the, uh, to the, the, it's Matt Lanter back as, uh, right. Anakin Skywalker. Right. Um, I can't think of the gentleman's name who voices Mace in this, but it's, it's Mace again. Um, it
2: should be Sam Jackson because, um, the there, season seven just, bit. I just read an art. Yeah, exactly. And I read sure. an article, uh, basically saying. uh, Sam, Sam Jackson is returning to star Wars, but it's not how you think.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's, it is the Mace Windu character, the trailer it's on the nose. We, we, he gets dialogue in the trailer. It is the, uh, the animation actor whose name oh, it, is it? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so then the second, uh, the second, uh, tale that we were getting in tales of the, of the Jedi focuses on what is almost certainly the fall of count Dooku. So or there we the are. Rise of
3: Darth Torinus. Darth,
1: yeah, the, the rise of mm. Darth Tyrannus. Um, This is the one. I mean, I love Ahsoka as much as anybody else, but this is the story that has me more, more like, oh, I want to know what's going on here. Particularly the fact that we get a young Qui Gon Jinn, mm. we get a, a Padawan learner Qui Gon Jinn.
4: Yeah, that's we
1: Well, that's the other thing. Uh, there's a. Uh, I said to you earlier in the week, Hank. I'm like, Juku uh, mm-hmm. and Yaddle are going to throw down. Oh yeah. Um, As it appears to in the, uh, in the trailer, Mm -hmm. a couple things in the trailer, though. I mean, I highly encourage you guys, if you have not seen this trailer yet, do go over to YouTube. Um, If you're not watching on YouTube already, go after, not right now when our show is over, go over to YouTube and you can check out the uh, tales of the uh, tales of the Jedi trailer. And you can see exactly what we're talking about. Two stories, Ahsoka Tano and uh, Count Dooku, a.k.a. Darth Tyrannus. A couple things, though, that I'm going to pull out of this. These, are, I'm not going to break down the whole thing because we just don't have the time for that. But I do want to talk about a couple things in particular. One, who do we think's in this coffin?
4: See, there's,
1: a, there's a funeral there's here, options. and there's like, it is heavily, I mean, I don't see any non-Jedi in attendance there. Yeah, um,
3: and it's definitely, it sets it in a definite time period because dooku's right there in his prime yeah he's
1: definitely still a member of the order master uh, terra sanube is still alive um we got uh Iktachi jedi master oh my god saizi teen standing there and a few other faces in the background um Ooh. that you may or may not recognize given the subject matter the fall of count dooku the rise of darth tyranus that is absolutely a, a, a pivotal question and in fact is the answer Sifo Dyas?
2: Maybe that would be the logical I, answer to me. Maybe. I think it is. Did yeah. we
1: ever get a, a novelized, uh, a novelized explanation or a comic explanation, like an on the nose? Yep, this is what happened. We get a line of dialogue mm-hmm. from Obi Wan. Master Sifo Dyas uh, was killed. What ten years ago or something?
2: Yeah. And the, the there's the couple of episodes of the Clone Wars where they, Anakin and him track down the guy that went with Sifo-Dyas yeah, to the to the pikes to orga- orchestrate and they have him captive yeah um, so i mean there are we're all around it um, i always got the impression before i'd even seen clone wars having just seen attack of the clones uh, as a younger man thinking the whole time tyrannus was impersonating Sifo-Dyas. and it would make sense for that character would have to be eliminated at some point in the past.
1: I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who thought that. I always thought that that Tyrannus and sifo were the same
2: person. Same person, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then all, all Clone Wars did for me was confirm that that sifo was a Jedi Master yeah. who had been eliminated in the past. And then, it, yes. you know, yeah.
1: Uh, killed uh, killed by the
2: Pikes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's killed by the Pikes. Yeah, I believe he was killed
1: by the Pikes. Yeah, yeah, something to that effect. Um uh coincidentally, no pikes in this trailer, by the way.
3: You gotta save something. Not
1: that I saw anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't looking super, super hard, but I didn't see any pikes. Okay. The other thing, and this should come as no surprise to anybody who knows uh, how I feel about Star Wars, is we get a brand new Inquisitor. Yeah, man. Who is this guy? This mm-hmm. guy is like I mean, this is nightmare fuel here. This guy makes the Grand Inquisitor look like your babysitter. You know what I mean? Like
2: well there are a lot of numbers missing when we do the count, right? Yeah. We've never and unless the Grand Inquisitor is the first brother, we've never encountered the first brother. And you know, that for that true. matter, when when we when we number them, are there you know, we always associate the seventh sister, but is there a seventh brother too? Like, are they that's true, right? Are they named like we we speculated that Reva, the third sister, the was third sister, yeah, was mm-hmm. like a slot that you were assigned when the former third sister died, yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, you just inherit their that. number,
1: like the new 007. They're yeah. just the new this guy
2: looks like the first brother to me, if anybody <laughs> looks like him. Well, there's a couple
1: things going on here. One is this avion, uh, visage, which you know i've i've looked at it pretty hard and i've i've come to the conclusion that i believe this is a mask i do not believe that this is the the character's uh, biology by any means i believe right. it is a mask and i believe that the claws that we see on the end of his hands are gloves um that being said there is a couple there is an avion species in star wars that looks an awful lot like this mask And uh, it goes all the way back to uh, the Legends novel, uh, Rogue Planet, the uh, Fosh. Yeah. Now, the Fosh were brought forward into the new canon um, in Star Wars comics. Actually, it's uh, the Marvel one-shot Age of Republic, Obi-Wan Kenobi number one in 2019. But they were never named as the Fosh. They're just this unnamed Mm. um, species. But, I mean, that avian face is very, very much like that mask that we're looking at. So is this, it could this be a member of this particular species um, wearing a mask? Has
3: Skeksis come to
1: life? Well, that's, yeah, Skeksis is a good, uh, that's a Fan
2: service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, the other thing going on here, and this is me, because you know how I like to speculate. This guy's got a very uh, electronic modulated voice, mm. and because the trailer makes such a point to focus in on his face, and the deliberate slow dialogue—it's you know you remember uh, uh, Affleck's voice um, as Batman with the uh, the throat the the modulator how they how they disguised Bruce Wayne's voice to be Batman.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: very much like that. And for that reason, I think that this Inquisitor is going to turn out to be somebody we already know. Hmm. I don't know hmm. who it is. Cool. I don't even. I'm not even. I haven't even begun to speculate who it might be, but I feel that there will be a reveal and we will find out who they are. Given and, the we'll be, yeah. and it'll be like a, <gasps> it's going to be some Clone Wars era Jedi for sure. Or, or that's lost.
3: Or just to really throw it out there. What if this is young Palpatine?
1: Oh, no, well he's where he is. Where I'm going to go back up here. If you he- back to this slide here, he is wearing the uh, Imperial sigil on his mm. cloak. So the Empire is already established. Okay. So this is clearly later on in Ahsoka's uh, career.
2: Well, if we're going to establish I mean, a major villain for the Ahsoka show with something like a 15-minute wow. cartoon, it could certainly hmm. be Barris Offee.
1: Oh. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. I never thought about that. You know, if I put more thought into it, I might have got there. But
2: I, The whole time I was playing the uh, the first Jedi Fallen Order game, I, I yeah. thought that we were going to get Barris Offee as the the fifth sister or whatever she was in that. How many the,
1: subtle nods have we had to her in Star Wars television uh, in the last two years? We've had what? Two good ones. Yeah, Two good ones. Yeah, real good two one. good ones standing huge, outside of her door.
2: Huge one in the Book of Boba Fett uh, yeah. flashback yeah. there. Huge. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, anyway, that's uh, um, that's our look at Tales of the Jedi. Those are those are two uh, really cool things that I'm looking forward to uh, seeing resolved. Um, speaking of uh, Ahsoka Tano, we're gonna t- we're gonna move over and talk about Ahsoka for a little bit here. Um, we got a casting announcement this week. Um, we now have uh, Ezra, oh. or Ezra Bridger, um, actor, director, Iman S. Fondi has been officially cast as the live action uh, Ezra Bridger. Um, he had a very small role in uh, King Richard with uh, Will Smith. Mm. Um, do you guys know him at all? I
2: don't. I don't know. I don't, no offense uh, to this young gentleman at all. I'm no. just glad that we have officially got an Ezra Bridger. <laughs> yeah, like for sure, yeah. for sure. We. I'm, do. I'm super. I hope he's talented. Uh, he looks perfect uh, visually. Yeah. Uh, you know. I wish I him all he the best. Great. But this just this is the confirmation that we are getting Rebels season five. Well, <laughs> and I'm more excited about that than anything I've been yeah. excited about. Ahsoka season one. So no, no. Long. <laughs> For so it's not long. the first season of ahsoka it's the fifth season of rebels <laughs> I, i'll say it time and again i'll die on the hill rebels is yeah peak star wars absolutely it absolutely
1: is um so last year you guys remember all of the the chitter chatter surrounding this character yeah who remember the whole thing who with uh um you remember you might remember mina masood
0: for right. live action for,
1: Aladdin. Aladdin that's right yeah so he was uh rumored uh to be up for the role for for a long time
2: he was out there it turns putting out, himself out there a lot yeah, the, yeah it turns
1: out that he really leaned in on the hype train that really wasn't there per se right um he has released a statement um have you guys seen it
3: no, I think I have. Skipped.
1: No. Okay. Well here, um, Mina, Mas- Mina Masood, uh, tweeted glad the rumors will stop now. Never really had a fair shot at it. Unfortunately, one self tape months ago, but just wasn't meant for me. I guess. Can't deny the dude looks exactly like Ezra. Hope it's done justice. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, when I read that,
4: sour <laughs> man, does
1: it ever read? Like, uh, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. not happy about this. You know, there, there are different uh, media outlets that are sort of reporting on this. And the, the hubbub is that, well, you weren't necessarily up for it. And just because you no. made an, an unsolicited audition tape and sent it forward.
2: He's sort of literally and... trying the Ro- Ro- Rosario Dawson method. Like the fans cast her first. She made a right. big deal about it. And yep. then yep. The, the, they actually looked at her. I think he was trying that method. Uh, you know, but he, you, you he remember that heard Wizard heard Magazine heard where, in the eighties where they cast uh, Patrick Stewart as, as 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 as, Charles Xavier Xavier. (laughs) and everybody went, of course there's nobody else in the world that could
1: do that. I feel like, you know, we talk about this kind of thing, casting announcements, especially for a show like Ahsoka, where we only really have, we, we know for a fact that Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka Tano. That's, uh, that's irrefutable. How many times do movies get uh, uh, where the, the casting choice is really, it's, it's formulaic. It's just a formality. The role was written for yeah. insert name here. And their audition is literally just a formality. This, no, it's too bad because,
2: you. because like you do realize like, uh, as you get older, you know, the mystique is gone. They, they orchestrate these things. Like they, if they, they need Tom Hanks and Meg Rand to be in a, in a, in a love movie. So they make yeah, one, yeah, yeah. right. You know, <laughs> and, often they're, they're not concerned with chemistry, which is why often you get trash fires. Stuff that doesn't you work. just watch that doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, like if it wasn't for the audition process, we would have had a very different star Wars with, with Jodie Foster and Christopher Walken. And, uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then you get the other ones, like uh, the guy from underworld where he wrote it specifically for Kate. Beckinsale oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ended up marrying
2: her with it. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Mm.
3: Didn't well, uh,
2: Spielberg marry Kate Capshaw? Uh, he absolutely uh, did after the second indie movie. Yeah, yes,
1: he did. Well, listen, the whole Masood thing—it's unfortunate. I feel like it reads like he's a little upset about that, and yeah, I don't know bit. if it's if it's if it's justified or not. I mean, I guess that's sort of where he's the, probably got
2: a bright you know. career ahead of him, man.
1: Well, I was re- so in my research reading some articles. Um, now his IMDb has a couple more credits since then, but. Back in 2019, after Aladdin opened up, um, he was quite open about I have not auditioned for anything since, that he had a bit of a dry spell there. Hmm. So, you know, you got to think that that a shot at a Star Wars project was a real hill Mary, but at the same time, could have been something important for him, you know, in terms of a, a bigger career. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure. Well, that- they don't very often let their characters cross over from movies right like no
1: that's true very that's true. rarely
3: will you find somebody from the marvel universe over in the regular disney
1: universe yeah 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 yeah. well the addition of uh iban s found brings our uh, cast of of uh rebels uh confirmed cast of rebels up to three as i'd said mm-hmm. earlier the also uh, uh rosario dawson uh Mary absolutely Elizabeth, cast. The yeah yeah
2: the cast. well so only are- assume she's going to be Hera.
1: These are our named, these are our known named people. We've got Rosario Dawson, uh, playing Ahsoka Tano. Uh, previously, as we said before, Iman S. Vendi is our Ezra Bridger, and uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as our live action Sabine Wren. As you said, Hank, we do have uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead who is currently in an unnamed role. Wink, wink, nudge, Mm -hmm. nudge. Could very Mm -hmm. well be Hera. I think Um, so. We also have Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin Skywalker. Mm
3: -hmm. Flashbacks.
1: Uh, Ray Stevenson will be playing an unnamed admiral, but not Thrawn. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Right, right. <laughs> you take that for whatever you, for right. whatever you want to take it. I like Ray Stevenson, by the way. I think he's great. Um, I've enjoyed his work. Uh, going back to uh, Rome, the Rome miniseries where he played mm-hmm. uh, Titus Titus Pullo. Excellent. Um, yeah, and he's he's been pretty good in some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, really, guys, that kind of closes out sort of where I wanted to end on on the news. I wanted to sort of end on sort of the live action stuff for Ahsoka. But uh, do you want one more?
4: Sure. I Let's do one
1: it. more. I got one more little tidbit for you, guys. Remember back uh, now. If if we're gonna go with it is season five of Rebels, we can't not talk about the Rebels connection here. Um, remember season five. Remember the epilogue. No. You don't I remember? Oh, okay. Well, guess oh, oh. spoiler alert for you, Andy. There's an epilogue um, in, uh, in uh, Rebels in the last episode that uh, depicts Sabine Wren uh, standing in front of a mural. And uh, it's this mural right here where uh, she's reflecting on her time uh, with the ghost crew as well as sort of what she plans on doing next. In fact, the sequence actually looks quite a bit like this, where we see uh, Sabine enter into the building. You know, she's uh, got a new hair; she's rocking a new hairstyle, by the way. It's uh, much shorter and it's one color. Uh, carrying her ha- her uh, her Mandalorian helmet under her arm, while she's uh, wearing a satchel strapped across her left side, she walks up to the mural. She kind of reaches out and kind of touches the Ezra's face. As she's narrating sort of what's going on with the Rebels crew, we, we get the introduction of, uh, of Jason, Jason Syndulla, who's, uh, you know, went on to be, well, we all know who his father was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this clang of metal, katoong, off camera, and Sabine turns around, and it's Ahsoka standing there um, in her Ahsoka the Grey robes, and the two of them depart on a Jedi shuttle as they decide that it's time to bring Ezra home well if you have not seen this um prepare to be amazed because as you say uh ahsoka season one it's rebels season five because the folks in attendance at d23 were treated to this image and that is natasha lou bordizzo reprising doing that epilogue scene in live action as she's standing there in front of that mural Hmm. oh yeah. i am so so excited i oh i'm actually getting flush i can feel my oh. face getting flushed oh, as i'm looking at this yeah. yeah uh i saw that image and i mean that's that's like a a, a camera image from with that is not a, a high-res image by any means that's somebody inside the theater took that Sneaky shot thing. and snuck it out um oh my god there! it's literal i don't know if this is going to be the beginning of the series or where this fits in but this is i mean how can you can't tell me that that is not the oh, epilogue.
2: That's one hundred percent what that is. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, even if it isn't the exact epilogue, clearly that's a piece of her art. She's put it somewhere Absolutely. that, and she's about to, you know, depart. The 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 other thing is, she said that she spent the, uh, um, uh, the whole time, uh, on lethal. Uh, yeah. During that whole the the you know the rest of them like they Hera Rex. Um, they all went off and did they, stuff. And they fought at the Battle of Endor for, frig'sakes. Like she stayed on Lethal because that's you know she didn't go to. I mean we don't know, but, assumedly, Mandalore was already not a thing for her. You know, like there's so many unanswered questions with every single character there.
1: Yeah, sure, uh, sure. Just
2: I, ah, I can't wait. Ah. Are, are we going to get the
1: band back together? I mean, uh, you uh, know, it's going to get. Are we going to get Zeb back? Maybe. That's an expensive character to uh, to do live action.
2: Oh, yeah. But just I shoot mean, him
1: from the waist up.
2: Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, it could definitely, if he was in a suit, let, yeah. let, as yeah, good yeah. as the Wookiee suits. Uh, Absolutely. I'd totally be down. Chopper, live action chopper. Uh, 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 let's just do a half hour of me gushing.
1: <laughs> it's easy enough to do. Yep. Well, listen, that is my last slide. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Um, I know we're going into Andor, and we're like super excited for that. But I know how much of a Rebels fan that you are, Hank, and oh. I am as well. I mm. thought that would be the the, the appropriate uh, slide to finish. Well done, on. sir.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, anonymous Facebook user says, "But he would be worth it." Yes, Zeb Aurelius coming back in oh. live action would totally right. be worth. Yeah, it. And, do, and, it.
2: And do it right. Everybody, uh, you know me, I, mean,
1: I want everybody,
2: and I want an. App app who, app. who are they going to cast as live action? callous like maybe we should you know mm, talk fantasy about cast. Fantasy we should cast fantasy cast the rest cast of that of one of the, yeah yeah the that could be fun that, cast. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: could be totally fun mm-hmm. all right let me get rid of this here so we can go back to uh,
2: Dennis Leary
1: there we go <laughs> Um I wouldn't be upset with that
2: no I, I just yeah that'd be wicked like you know Dennis Leary from the you know uh, late do, Dennis yeah, Leary yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Uh, I'm just gonna go back to our chat from the other night here because this has got sort of the uh, the the way forward and i I just wanna end on sort of uh, the decision that we made. So um if you're catching this live, um there's a good chance folks next Sunday night there will be no live stream. Um, and that is because we will be busy putting the finishing touches on the first three episodes of our next review series that's Fandor. Um, so again, and/or uh, premieres on Wednesday. So that means <laughs> Wednesday uh, of our own volition. We will, <laughs> up, we will watch all three episodes and then we are heads down and we are writing and prepping the episodes, which we are going to do as a pre-recorded show. So we're gonna pre-record the first three episodes over the next uh, next weekend so that all three episodes, that's Fandor one, two, and three will all drop at the same time throughout the day. Uh, on monday so that's next monday
2: i don't even know what the date is next monday an, yes. hour, an hour and a half of andor will translate <sighs> into six yeah. hours of yeah, us yeah yeah <laughs> um
1: so we are where are we now we are the 18th so next yep. next monday will be uh the 26th monday the 26th you'll be able to uh, hit up the phantom power podcast youtube channel where you will be able to find the first Three uh, episode uh, reviews that we will be doing in the usual style that you all are accustomed to. Um, as I said, I, I did a guest spot on another show um, last weekend, and uh, one of the other guests was like, "So, what's your show about?" I said, "Well, we're we're not really a Star Wars show, but we do a lot of Star Wars content. So, when we review the shows, I said, we're kind of like uh, we're kind of like the audio book." Of, yeah. uh, of live action star wars so if oh, you don't if you don't hours. yeah if you don't watch uh, the episode of the show you could watch our podcast or listen to our podcast and you would be just as well informed in fact you might even be better informed because we hit on all the easter eggs we and do voices lore connections <laughs> <laughs> nobody says they're good voices but hey yeah <laughs> So that is it, folks. That is it for me. Um, like I said, uh, no live stream next Sunday. I apologize. I mean, if we're really, really ambitious, who knows? Maybe even if it's just to go, oh, we finished all our work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, do keep watching She-Hulk. Do keep in touch with us uh, through all of our social media. Also, you can check out our uh, our Patreon. It's uh, the Phantom Power Podcast uh, at patreon.com. If you want to be a member of the production crew, and you can help us out. If you don't want to be a patron, that's fine. It costs you nothing to subscribe to our YouTube channel and it please out, do. Yeah, it totally helps out. Um, it helps us out. If you like this video, even if you just stick a little emoji in the comments, just all you need is a little smiley. And if you don't like this, if you don't like the show, put, an, a poop an, put an angry face, a poop thing, whatever, mm-hmm. just and throw watch something it, down in the comments uh, that just tells uh, YouTube that uh, to boost the algorithm because we'd mm-hmm. love to, We'd love to uh, break out of the, uh, what, the five people that are watching right now.
2: Yeah, (laughs) stop watching ourselves over and over. That's right.
1: (laughs) You can only do narcissism so much. Can you, though? (laughs) We just lost a viewer. Oh, no. no seriously that's it for me guys uh i hope you had a good time on this one uh talking about the news and of course unpacking uh, the latest episode of she hulk which we will be watching uh we just won't be talking about it as much um maybe we'll get a few social media posts out uh Mm. on those especially for as time rolls on hopefully after this uh three episode bolus bleh, uh, vomiting at us um we will we will dial it back down into some sort of regular schedule where we can either go back to just one episode a week or perhaps even go back to doing them live as we had done with the book of boba fett for those of you who want to tune in for yeah awesome two hours at a time <laughs> mm. hey you stuck with us now it's an hour and 34 so i, I mean what's 30 more minutes right yeah As always, we love the live interaction. We love interacting with you guys. Um, So please do um, shoot us all of your questions and comments uh, through all of our channels and our spaces. If you're catching this in the replay, thank you very much for uh, discovering our show and sticking with us. You can also catch all of our uh, shows in an audio format in uh, all the places where you like to consume your podcasts. Mm -hmm. But listen, guys, that's it for this week. That's, uh, That's it for me. Um, should, should we end super, on a crazy super, note? You got one more? <laughs> I got one more
3: for, for any wrestling fans out there. Wrestling fans. Oh, wait. But nice.
1: this is wrestling slash... Well, this we is, are in Canada.
3: We are in Canada. This is post-wrestling. Will they ship to Canada? Maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, we, we neither endorse nor de-endorse this. That's true. This. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You're free to make your own choice. But hey, it is this. entertaining. It is. All right. Let's put it, this up. Something. All right. Take us out.
1: Woo! Hey, the Nature Boy here. As always, styling and profiling.
2: Today... Jet flying, for sure, but flying higher than that, because today, we're launching the biggest brand in cannabis, the brand new Ric Flair Drip, available in states, I'll be wheeling
1: and dealing, I'm talking about available in Arizona, New Jersey, Illinois, Nevada, LA, remember, go to RickFlairDrip.com. Rick Flair Drip, forever, forever and ever, woo Woo. Um, uh, when rick I, flair says he's got the drip i think he needs a doctor
2: oh yeah <laughs> it's medicinal yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> i always wanted to travel to the state of la all
1: right guys that's it for me i hope you had a good time i know i had a great time i hope you guys have a good time um we will see you very soon because uh, before you know it <laughs> we'll be back but until then everybody for fandom power my name is wes
3: i'm andy i'm hank
1: in the next one guys Bye for now.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.